Had a little malfunction up here, so bear with me a second. Okay, I'm clipped in. Well, good morning and welcome to 2022. Who would have ever believed that it was already 2022? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God of glory and God over all creation, we humbly come into your presence as your adopted sons and daughters through the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. By his atoning death on the cross, his burial, and his bodily resurrection from the grave, defeating sin, death, and Satan, we praise you for the glorious gospel. Thank you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for bringing us from death to life, adopting us into your eternal family, and giving us true meaning, purpose, and hope regardless of our circumstances and regardless of our backgrounds. By faith alone in Christ alone, may we glorify you today through our praise, our prayers, the reading of scripture, the preaching of your word, and the personal application of your commandment to go and make disciples of all nations. God most high, we ask that you continue to meet the physical, emotional, mental, relational, and spiritual needs of the body of Christ here at Crabapple, and our sister churches of Grace Alpharetta and Christ Church of India. As you answer our prayers according to your sovereign will, may we tell others about our gracious God who hears and acts for our good and to the praise of your glory. Lord Jesus, as we open up your word to Acts 4 and make the connection from the Old Testament and New Testaments, may the Holy Spirit help us understand the importance, the significance, and the practical implications of being disciple-makers of individuals, families, communities, and the nations for our good and for your glory. As your messenger today, I humbly ask that you anoint me with the Holy Spirit and let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. For we make this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Well, as I said, it's hard to believe that it's already 2022. And, uh, but I want to say welcome to a new year. Did you know that on New Year's Eve across the globe, many nations carried out traditions to celebrate or to bid farewell to 2021 and to anticipate the fulfillment of their desired hopes for 2022? Did you celebrate with a tradition in your home on New Year's Eve? Even as Wanda and I sat in our home on Christmas Eve and heard the rain outside, 
we still heard some of our neighbors sending out fireworks into the heavens, and we heard the bang and crackle of gunpowder. Let me give you just a couple of examples of New Year's Eve traditions from around the world as we consider cross-cultural experiences that are different from our own. For example, wave jumping in Brazil. On the beautiful beaches of Rio de Janeiro, don't be alarmed when you see party goers out in the water jumping waves at night. Brazilians say that jumping over one wave each time you make a New Year's wish, seven waves total, will increase your good luck and your wishes will come true. If you want to increase your odds, then wear a white outfit. How about in Denmark? Smashing dishes in Denmark. If you're in Denmark during Christmas Eve, make sure you wear closed-toed shoes. It is their tradition to smash plates on your neighbor's houses as a sign of affection. Would you consider that a sign of affection? <laughs> These plates are thrown after midnight for good luck, and whoever has the largest pile in the morning is said to have the most loyal friends. Well, I looked outside on New Year's Day, and I didn't see a single plate outside of our home. I was going to ask Christopher if he has ever done this with his family in Denmark. But I'll ask Lily. Empty suitcases in Mexico. Tradition says that walking your empty suitcase around the block will guarantee a year filled with travel and new experiences. Is that true, Lily? You must try it next year. Locals will also toss a glass of water out of their windows to signify fewer tears in the future. And finally, broken furniture in South Africa. Looking to relocate? You might want to take some pointers from the South African locals and throw your unwanted furniture and appliances out of your windows and onto the street. Sounds rather dangerous to me. Locals say that this brings them a fresh start to the new year. Well, I don't know about you, but at the end of 2022, I encourage you not, not to practice any of these traditions to increase your luck, gain more loyal friends, increase your travel experiences, reduce your tears, and seek a fresh start for 2023. These traditions may be fun and even entertaining, but they are not what the God of the Bible has given to his children. God has not given us blind luck, but he has given us himself, Emmanuel, through faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Throughout 2021, the pastors tried to help us gain a biblical perspective of God's character, his nature, and perfections in the midst of real-life circumstances and fears that are part of life's journey. Our primary focus was on the glory of God and how God's glory is revealed in every aspect of our lives. Moreover, we spent extensive time in the book of Psalms, or in the Hebrew Bible, 
it is known as Tehillim, which means praise songs. These songs of praise are directed to the living God, who is Elohim, God, and Yahweh, Lord. They show us God's majesty, His holiness, His faithfulness, His steadfast love, yes, even His discipline, but also His restoration, which should motivate us to strive to glorify God and enjoy Him forever as our chief aim as people. Now, at this point in this message, you may be thinking, so what does this all have to do with reigniting a biblical mission vision in 2022? So I want to remind us of what our threefold purpose is here at Crabapple. We exist to know Jesus, to worship Jesus, and to share Jesus. In our discipleship classes, in our worship service today, we are rehearsing and growing in these three areas of our spiritual life that we call sanctification. Our passage in Acts 4 elucidates a historical account of the religious leaders of Israel knowing about God, but not personally knowing God. Peter makes it unapologetically clear to these religious leaders that there is no other name under heaven by which every person must be reconciled to God. Jesus Christ is the only way to know God. Unfortunately, the vast majority of people have not even heard the name of Jesus, and they don't even have access to the biblical gospel. According to IMB, the International Mission Board.org, the status of global evangelical Christianity as of October 2021 is as follows. The population of the earth is currently almost 7.9 billion people. Now I know those kind of numbers can overwhelm us, but don't think of this as 7.9 billion people, but think of this as 7.9 billion souls. There are almost 12,000 people groups. Well, what is a people group? It is a group of people that have a distinct ethno-linguistic predominant heart language. They follow a specific religion and they have very specific cultural norms and practices. So of all these people groups, how many would be classified as unreached? In other words, they have little to no access to hearing the message of Jesus Christ and the gospel in a way that they can understand it and embrace it as their own. Well, there's almost 4.8 billion people in that category, so over half. And then we have another category called unengaged, unreached people groups. And there are over 12 and a half million people that fall into this category. That means that they have no access, no access, access at all to God's Word, either in printed form, in audio form, in video form, 
in any way in which they could actually receive the truth of God's love and the gospel and understand it in their own cultural context. So, as I mentioned earlier, although these are verifiable statistics, let's not lose sight that these are human beings made in the image of God who have an eternal soul. So why is missions so important? I have to confess that over the last 18 to 24 months, I've really lost some of my zeal for personal missions. And that's just a confession to you as a church. So why is missions so important? John Piper sums it up this way. Missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Worship exists, missions exist, because worship doesn't. Worship is ultimate, not missions. Because God is ultimate, not man. Let me say that again. Worship is ultimate, not missions. Because God is ultimate, not man. Worship, therefore, is the fuel and goal in missions. It's the goal of missions because in missions, we simply aim to bring the nations into the white-hot enjoyment of God's glory. The goal of missions is the gladness of the peoples in the greatness of God. The goal of missions is the gladness of peoples in the greatness of God. So, brothers and sisters... We cannot minimize missions, nor can we ignore missions. Missions exist to bring human beings into God's eternal family as we join together to worship our great God forever. So regardless of what you've heard, you still may be thinking in light of everything that we've experienced in the last year, and the ongoing impact of COVID-19 and now the Omicron variant across the globe, why do we need to turn our attention to missions? Let's take a few minutes this morning to consider what our glorious and majestic God has saved us from and what he has saved us for with the remaining time that you and I have on this earth. Once again, let's read the passage from Acts chapter 4 that Luke read earlier. I'm sorry, that Dan read earlier. Turn in your Bibles or follow along in the worship guide as I read this historical account from Acts. So here we go, Acts chapter 4, verses 8 through 12. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders... This means the council. If we, he's speaking of Peter and John, are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel 
that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone or the foundation stone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Would you read that verse with me again, verse 12? Let's begin. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now I've got a second confession. For this past week, I have fought against the goads not to preach this message. This was not the message that I intended to preach. But God would not let me change the message. In fact, He refined the message, and hopefully I can communicate this in a way that makes sense to you. So let's look quickly at the context of this passage and then we will focus primarily on verse 12 as a launching point for today's message. Now, before I lose anybody's attention, whether you are present in the sanctuary today or you're listening via our live stream, I want to give you the main points of the message. So if you have your worship guide and you've got something to write with, just jot these down. That way, if you lose your attention or you fade away or fall asleep, or if you're not present physically and you walk away, you at least have the main points of the message. So here we go. The main points are centered around three key questions. Question number one, what is our purpose? What is our purpose? Today, I want to, give you, I want to identify at least one way at least one way that you can participate in our mission vision this year. Secondly, what is my goal? My goal is to encourage every believer to personally participate in making disciples to the ends of the earth. My goal is to encourage every believer to personally participate in making disciples to the ends of the earth. And thirdly, and this is important, what is your responsibility? If you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, it is your responsibility to listen intently and apply what you learned today as an active participant to reignite a biblical mission vision this year. So, did you get the three main points? I'll give them to you quickly. You should identify at least one way you can actively participate in missions this year. Two, you should personally participate in making disciples to the ends of the earth. And thirdly, you should listen and apply what you learned today so that you can be an active missions participant. Let's quickly look at the context of Acts chapter 4 and how this passage fits into the larger historical narrative. Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is a writer of Acts. 
which was a continuation of the Gospel of Luke. Dr. Tom Constable writes, The book is more a story of the extension of the church from Jerusalem to Rome than it is a complete history of the Apostles' Acts. Whereas Jesus is the chief character in the Gospels, the Holy Spirit is the chief character working through the Apostles and Acts. Mark Dever writes, The book of Luke presents Luke's account of the birth, life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus. The book of Acts provides Luke's account of what happened next in history. Jesus ascended into heaven, and the apostles led the church through its earliest days and initial growth of the gospel. Specifically, in Acts chapter 4, Peter and John are brought before the Jewish religious leaders, the council, who were greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Peter and John were arrested and questioned by the rulers, the elders, the scribes, including Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, his father-in-law, John and Alexander, and all who were from the high priestly family. Because Peter and John had healed a lame beggar at the gate of the temple, called the Beautiful Gate, the previous day, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. The Jewish council asked them this question, By what power or by what name did you do this? Acts 4, 7. Peter once again preaches the gospel and says they, the religious leaders, have rejected the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy about Jesus' Messiahship. Then Peter boldly proclaims, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The religious leaders conferred and instructed them not to speak about Jesus Christ. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. Acts 4, 19 and 20. As I mentioned earlier, the key voice, the verse that I want to focus on today is verse 12. And there is no other name, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Dear brothers and sisters, do you believe this biblical truth? I mean, do you really believe this truth? If your answer is yes, then what are you doing with God's life-forming, the message of God's life-transforming truth? How are you spending the finite time God has given you on this earth? Are you stewarding the time that God has given you well? If your answer is no to this truth from Scripture, or you're just not confident in your yes to Peter's statement, I want you to consider these two statements and two questions from the book of Job. 
We're going to be in Job chapter 14. When a person is born, his or her days are short and full of trouble. Job 14, 1 and 2. This simply means, and you can affirm this, this simply means your life has a beginning and an end, and life is difficult. Statement number two. A person's lifespan is determined, and you cannot alter God's appointed time of death. Job 14.5. A person's lifespan is determined, and you cannot alter God's appointed time of death. This means that God is sovereign over your life and over your death. Question number one. When a person dies, where is he or she? When a person dies, where is he or she? Job 14.10. This means your life on this earth is not the final destination. And finally, the second question. When a person dies, will he or she live again. Job 14, 14a. Your life has meaning and purpose. Your soul is eternal and will live in one of two places, heaven with God, the angels and all the saints, or hell with Satan, the demons, and the wicked and ungodly. The Apostle John records Jesus' words from John 3. Listen carefully because you know these verses well. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. John three sixteen through 18. As you consider these two statements and the two questions that I just read, I implore you to honestly consider the truth claims of the gospel. Now, I'm speaking now to those who are not certain that they're a follower of Jesus or they just say, I, I don't believe this. So as you consider these two statements and two questions that I read just a minute ago, I implore you to honestly consider the truth claims of the gospel. But you might ask, how can I do this? I'll give you a way, one way, and I'll give you four steps. And then I'll give you two realities that result from the life-changing gospel. Are you ready? One way, four steps. Ask God, ask God to give you faith to believe the truth about the gospel. 
Ask God to give you faith to believe the truth about the gospel. Confess your sins to God. This means that you agree with God about your rebellion against Him. Confess your sins to God. Thirdly, repent of your sins. Turn from or make an about face from your current path, your current way of life. And fourthly, believe. Believe in the person and work of Jesus Christ for salvation. This means to put your faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ. If you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ by faith alone, in Christ alone, for salvation alone, Jesus says you will be born again or born from above. John 3, 3-8. Now I want to give you two realities. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, or if you are considering the truth claims of Jesus Christ, here are just two of the benefits. You will have a new life in Christ. You will have a new life in Christ. The old life has passed away. The new life is present in you now. This new life in Christ will have purpose, a renewed purpose. It will have meaning, and it will have significance. It will have eternal significance. And secondly, you will have eternal hope. You won't have false hope. You won't have temporary hope. You will have hope for all of eternity. To live and enjoy God forever. The Bible tells us there will be a great multitude that no one could number from every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Revelation 7, 9, and 10. Will you be among that great multitude described in Revelation? Do you see yourself present with that multitude in that heavenly scene? If not, I beg you, I beg you to go through those four steps that I just mentioned. And I assure you that you will be saved and that you will be part of that heavenly court praising and worshiping our King, King Jesus. Remember what Peter said to the Jewish religious leaders? And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. Let me remind you that the Bible and God's salvation is available to all who will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel is available to people from every nation, from all tribes and peoples, and languages. It is available to every people group. Now I'd like to ask whoever's in the booth because I can't see them if they would just play a brief recording of this verse, verse Acts 4.12 in different languages from the very people that we've sent out from this church
to go and make disciples of all nations. So you just heard that verse in Mandinka, in French, in Wolof, in German, in Turkish, in Lily. What was the last one? <laughs> Spanish. Perhaps that would give you kind of a sense for what it will be like to worship the Lord with people from every language, people, tribe, and nation. So how does this relate to our mission vision for 2022? I'm just going to remind you of two things, two major commandments that our Lord has given to every disciple that lives on this earth. The great commandment. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Matthew 22:37 through 40. In other words, love God with your entire being. He should have first place in every aspect of your life. And you are to love other people as much as you love yourself. It's impossible to do these things without being in Christ and without having the Holy Spirit to empower you to do the very things that we resist as human beings. The Great Commission. And Jesus came and said to them, meaning his disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28:18 through 20. In other words, every disciple of Jesus Christ is to make disciples. 
Every disciple of Jesus Christ is to make disciples. I want to tell you a story about a friend of mine. And this week, he actually sent me a story, not because I asked him to. He sent me a story, and I thought you might enjoy hearing this. This friend of mine served in North Africa to bring the gospel to an unreached people group. I want you to listen carefully to his words. In 1999, God placed a heavy call on my life to preach the gospel where it has never been known. This call has taken me and my family to many far-flung places the world over. It has always been our joy to discover the least reached of the world and share Jesus' great love with them. In 2019, God gave us, a, gave us new eyes for our city and a fresh calling to plant the gospel here among the unreached, especially Muslims. But in 2021, I met the man above, he sent me a photo, in Durham, North Carolina, and I asked him a question. Can I tell you a story? After sharing the story of God's creation all the way to Jesus, he made a statement that was both shocking and telling. That is a beautiful story. No one has ever told me that story before. This man would not have heard about Jesus unless someone was sent. In a way, we are all sent ones as the body of Christ in this world. We need the eyes of Jesus to see who is next door. Who is your neighbor? Who do you associate with in your work? Or in your school? Or in your neighborhood? Or when you shop in the grocery store? Okay, we're going to land the plane, we're going to bring it home. It's almost time. Just hang with me for a few more minutes. Here we go. For most of you present or watching on live stream, you're probably familiar with the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. I know it's difficult to stay focused for such a long time, and if your interest has faded, <laughs> I want to ask you to listen very carefully for the next few minutes as I conclude this message. Here we go. I want to give you six practical ways that every disciple of Christ can participate in our mission vision this year. You ready to write them down? They're real simple. Pray. Did you get that one? Pray. Pray intentionally and strategically. And we'll help you do this. Know. Know and grow in your knowledge of our mission partners. And I'm going to list them for you. You don't have to write them down. You can actually go to our website. Greater Atlanta Baptist Network. Light of Messiah Ministries. Whispering Hope. Women's Resource and Pregnancy Center. By the way, yesterday I was working on this message and I got a phone call and I didn't recognize the phone number and I usually don't answer calls that I don't recognize the phone number and I just answered it. It was a lady from Whispering Hope and she called simply to say this, 
Mr. Grigg, thank you to you and your wife for supporting our ministry. I just want to give you a quick update with what God is doing through Whispering Hope. And by the way, here's a couple things that we have planned for 2022. And I said, you're not going to believe this. I'm actually preparing a message right now on missions at our church. And I said, could you send me that information? She said, I'll have our executive director do that. And within an hour, I have the information. And I'm going to ask our staff if they'll send this information out via our email so that you'll be aware of what there is actually an employment opportunity for someone. Okay, no. I continue. The North American Mission Board, Gideon's International, Gospel Harvesters International, the International Mission Board, Operation Christmas Child, Word of Life South America. We'll help you know more about these ministry partners this year. Pray and know. Now, here's one. Immediate opportunity, serve. Serve. Pray, know, serve. You can serve on our mission team. You can serve right here at Crabapple on our mission team. All you have to do is contact Luke. Say, I'm interested. Can we talk about it? Serve. Send. Send. By encouraging and supporting those that God has called to full-time missionary service, whether it's here or whether it's overseas. Give. Jerry just gave us an update on the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. We're just $1,300 short of our, our goal. I have confidence we'll exceed that goal. Give. Give. It's, it's all God's anyway. <laughs> I mean, the very breath that you're breathing right now is God's. It's not yours. He gave it to you. He gave it to you to breathe and to live and to honor Him and to bring glory to His name. Go. Some of you would like to go. Some of you have been prevented from going. Some of you are afraid to go, including me. Go. Let's go this year. Let's go. Let's go and do. Here it is. Six practical ways that you can be a part of this. Pray. Know. Serve. Send. Give. Go. All of that to get to this point. Pray. Know. Serve. Send. Give. And go. Okay. You probably have already got it, but here's the application. Here's the application. What do you want me to do as a result of being here this morning? As a disciple of Christ, agree that you have a responsibility and a privilege to participate in the Great Commission. Two, pray and ask God how you should participate in our mission vision this year. He'll make it clear enough to you that you'll know how he wants you to be involved. Three, send an email to Luke confirming how you will participate this year. He would love to hear from you. These would be probably some of his most joyous emails that he would receive this week or in the next few weeks. Four, 
you have an immediate opportunity. Join us after the worship service today as we engage in a prayer gathering to pray for our church, to pray for our community, and to pray for the nations. We won't be here all afternoon. We'll be here for a while. Pray. And commit, commit to participate in our monthly prayer gatherings. And I tempered myself here. I said, at least once a quarter. You think you could come and be with us for just once a quarter to pray? I believe you could. I believe over the course of the next 12 months, you could find four Sundays where you could devote 45 minutes to an hour to praise God, to be in fellowship with other believers, and to lift up the needs and the desires of the church and our community and the nations. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being a missionary God who has called your servants to be a missionary people to our community and to the ends of the earth. Holy Spirit, we ask you to give us a heart and a passion for the nations so that more worshipers will join us in heaven, praising our Savior and Lord, King Jesus, for all eternity. For we make this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.